This piece has been brought to you by Bonnie Plants, bonnieplants.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Love Bites, coming at you live from Heritage Radio Network. Today is Monday, March 28th. It's going to say February 28th. I'm like way off. Yeah, it's like a month, a month past that way time. Mu- All right, Dude, so today is March 28th. You're living in the past. I'm obviously a little slow on the uptake today. I'm one of your hosts. Thank God there are two of us. I'm Jacqueline Raposo. Thank God I, I'm here. I write about people who make food. You can find my work and me as wordsfoodart.com. I'm 34, I'm straight, and I am still single. And I'm your other host, Thank Ben God Rosenblatt. I'm an actor. Actor, writer, musician, occasional bartender, and server. You can check me out at benrosenblattactor.com. I'm 33, straight, and also single. We're going to talk about how single we are today. Uh, but after our break today, we're going to be joined by Amanda Dell and, Kim- and Kimberly Chow. I should really should have warmed up my mouth today. I've not talked to anybody. I work from home. You need to say home. some tongue twisters. Unique Twist New York. Silen- solemn unique silence. New York. New- uni- I can't. <laughs> There's already a glass of wine in my hand and a Percocet in my body. I think we might be doomed. Okay. For the second part of today's show, we're going to be joined by Amanda Dell and Kimberly Chow of the Food Book Fair coming up in New York City, May first and second. Amanda's single and Kimberly's dating someone and they both work in food media. So we're going to talk about how their jobs affect their love lives, where their love lives are right now. And then they've got some questions they want to bring up for our roundtable discussion about love and dating in New York City, which will be fun. The difference between men and women and what we like to do. Basically. They're going to pick your brain primarily. Um, But before we get to that tonight, I'm so excited because after the show, I'm heading to Virgola in the East Village for Ladies Night. Ladies Night. I'm co-hosting Ladies Night. Why aren't men invited to Ladies Night ever? Really? Like, yeah. Really gonna ask that well, question. I mean, like, it's like it's ladies' night. Like, don't you want like some men there to, you know? That is. It's like if it was a guy's such a guy thing to <laughs> say. It's ladies' night. Don't you want some men there? I'm saying if it's a guys' night, like, you want to like How talk is, to some women, you know? That is the that is ridiculous. Well, it's ladies' night so that you can talk to ladies. It's not ladies' night at like the local twenty-five cent shot pub. They're like, oh, it's ladies' night. Ladies get wasted so that men can have their way with you. It's ladies' beers. night, nickel beers yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Ladies, if you do not want to be hanging out with Ben with men like Benjamin tonight, come to Virgola in the East Village, one eleven East Seventh Street, from six to eight o'clock. We got some drink specials. There'll be lots of amazing ladies uh, in different industries in New York City talking not about men. Or if you do want to hang out with me, send me an email at lovebitesradio at gmail.com and we'll, <laughs> we'll hang instead of we know that, that ben, We know that we'll, we'll have a, to be we'll have a private ladies night. night. Um, so before we get to talking about our the, the really fun things happening in our dating lives right now, uh, we're drinking a really beautiful bottle of white wine today. Our, our wine sponsor is Mitch Einhorn. He is a Chicago-based wine aficionado. Uh, he's the proprietor of Lush Wine and Spirits and he's the owner of Chateau Nomad uh, with winemaker Scott Clan of Newsom Harlow Winery in Murphy's, California. They sent us a beautiful 2013 Alemania, which is a Trousseau Gris. It's a 100% Trousseau, which I'd never even heard of before. Um, and it's really, it's full-bodied, but very smooth. It's got like a lot of, it's got like full grapes, I though, right? Oh, Ben's eyes just lit up. Me too. I'm not a white wine drinker at all, either. 
but this is delicious. Right. It's like it's really it's um, fruit heavy. Does that make sense? Like it's a really lush grape. It's very fruity. It's tart. It's tart which I as like well. About yeah. it. I had to take a sip. Take it has a sip. long finish. And it's got a little and it's got a little kick to it too. It's not you know it's not a wimpy wine. I really love it, and it's it's really full bodied, and it's a gorgeous sort of like straw color to it. Um, this is nice. I was expecting to hate it. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, here, glug glug glug. Drink some more. I, um, so it's a twenty five dollar retail price. You can find it at chateaunomad.com, and all the information is also on the heritage page and our blog. Uh, so thanks, guys, for sending it out. Thank you, Mitch. We appreciate it. It's delicious. We Thank are you. delighted. Uh, so Benjamin, you and I haven't talked about our dating lives in a while. I know. Well, I've been. Away. I was away for a while. You were while away you, when you were entertaining guests in the studio, right? And then last week, I was like, "We're going to talk about the guy that I'm still dating somehow." And then, and I, then you broke up with him. I broke off. I broke it off. This with is him. becoming a pattern. Of you, <laughs> I know. Like, we're going to talk about the guy I'm dating. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So yeah. So the show is Monday. How many times have we Tuesday. talked about men that you've broken up? with? I don't. I'm not. I'm not scratching the wall. I'm not. You know, marking, making markings on the wall. I don't know. All I know is it happened this week. I was dating a guy for like I don't know five weeks, six weeks, something like that. And what happened? Gross incompatibilities, which I was trying to not um, pretend that they didn't exist. I just think that I find people very malleable. I think that a lot of the, that differences. No, 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 no. You mean you thought together. you were going to like work him to? No, your... no, 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 not at all. Actually, oh, no, okay. no, not at all. I think I mean people together in relationships that like you can be very different people. You don't have to have everything in common, but like if you're just present with the person in front of you and you sort of find things to be excited about and each other's differences and looking at those differences as things to learn that you're going to open, you know, sort of open your mind to new ideas and experiences and activities. Like to me, like that's people are relationships between people are fluid and malleable that way. And I'm learning (laughs) that other people don't quite maybe, um, really believe that as well like how I had, did that come up become apparent well he's i'm very i'm pretty laid back compared to some other people and compared to this guy and there was just that he'd present very formally to me i'm concerned about our in our, our incompatibility in this aspect so he'd want to very formally talk about a difference that he perceived between us to decide if we were compatible or not and so just after time i felt like he was plugging me into an algorithm or like or even when good things he'd be like this date was really lovely here are some highlights of my favorite things that we did yesterday so like eventually there felt like there was a pro con list happening Mm. and then and then eventually he just said one thing that he brought up that um is something i can't compromise on and we had talked about it and so it was sort of he felt horrible but he very he brought up something very insensitively Mm. Um, that it was just like, I'm, I'm concerned about this incompatibility in our lifestyles and I'd like to talk about it. And I was sort of like, we've sort of talked about that, so what was, uh, you know, which was the deal breaker? Was it the fact that he was like so formal and wanted to talk about all these things or the fact that he was insensitive about this one thing in particular, or well, was it kind it of the was, combination? It was, no, 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 it was, it was neither actually. It was sort of a combination that overall I found the whole wanting to talk about things and his overthinking things like charming. I can choose to say, to see, like see that as charming and endearing. But you can't teach somebody compassion, and I don't. Th- and the big, the biggest issue is like I look at people for who they are, and I don't feel like I um, necessarily. We're always judging each, judging their people as far as compatibility. But to me, like I said, like there, I I enjoy a breadth of people, and I'm curious about people. It's what I do in my work. I really try to see the person in front of me for who they are. So I don't have like a checklist in my head of what 
is right in a human being or what's right for me in a relationship or what's, you know, this plus this plus this makes us compatible or makes us not compatible. And, and the fact, so our viewpoints on that were what made us incompatible. And you that know, like, was like turn off for you ultimately. It was, it was, it was, yeah, it was very much a turn off for me ultimately. Yeah. So what about you? Because you went on a date a couple of days ago and we weren't going to talk about it. You just said well, that there was, you know, I mean, I wasn't going to talk about it because I mean, it was, an, I had a very date. pleasant and enough right. time, but it wasn't like life changing. It was another date that you weren't going to have means. a second one. Exactly. And we, we both had plenty of those. Right. Um, so I wasn't going to talk about it, especially because on the date when the radio show, radio show came up, um, my date said, like, first it made her very uncomfortable that I, you know, hosted a radio show about right. m- my own dating life. Versus the guy I just broke things off with, listens to every episode, and also gave me permission to say whatever I wanted. And so I'll just close that off with, he's a very nice guy and good luck. That's all I'll say. <laughs> so keep Because he's definitely listening. Because he's definitely listening. So good luck. Good luck. Yes. Um, so anyway, you know, she said that she wouldn't be comfortable with me talking about her on the show. So why are we talking about her on the show? Well, because this morning I got a text message from her. After I, how many days? So you did not so text. We went out, so you went out. We went and out then, on Friday night. Like I said, we had a pleasant and time. And you haven't we, I contacted I wrapped her up the then. date by saying it was lovely meeting you. Have a great night. Right. Um, and I and you haven't no, responded. In, so this came out of nowhere this morning. Out of nowhere this morning. This is the text message I got. Okay. This is totally out of the blue. But I've been listening to your podcast. I'm curious to hear what you might say about our date. So if you want to mention it on the air, that's cool with me. Anyway, it's a fun show. Good work. So it sounds like she is interested enough in you that she obviously listened to the show after the date. And since you haven't contacted her... She's looking to the radio show. I think she's trying to figure out maybe like why I have not called her or like what's up with that. Um, which is oh, it feels uncomfortable in here. All of a sudden, the air has been sucked out of the room uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so, all right. So honestly, so let's just, let's go for brutal honestly, like we say we we're going to try to. Why did you not want to go out with her again? There's a few reasons. Um, like I said, I had a very pleasant time. It was a she was a sweet person, a good person, and a nice enough person to talk to. And we ventured in and out of like interesting conversation. You know, sometimes we wandered into territory that was like, oh, this is a nice talk. And then other times I think felt like we were struggling to find common ground. Um, but there's a few things. One is that there was nothing I sensed from her that was like she was super psyched about um, or that I felt like. I was getting back in terms of like something she loved in her life that was she was passionate about that made her excited to talk about so that I could get excited about her. And that's a big thing for you in general. You're somebody like you need somebody to be psyched about something. Yeah. I mean, to me, excited people are exciting. Right. Um, And all right. So she wasn't excited. So, yeah. So I wasn't excited by her enthusiasm about anything. Um, And. Then the other thing, which is a little bit tougher, but is honest, is that... um, Spit it out. Yeah, okay. She... I felt lied to. um, Why? Because she didn't look like she did in the pictures that she presented on J-Swipe, where I met her. Um, And it wasn't... She was not an ugly person by any stretch, um, but she 
didn't look like she looked like she presented herself. Okay, you, <laughs> I feel like if a guy says she wasn't an ugly person by any stretch, you might just want to rephrase that because that still sounds like you're sort of saying somebody was sort of. Ugly. I wasn't attracted to her physically. There you go. The way that I thought I would be based on what I. But she saw. But in the she was photos. still. A, but she was still a lovely looking person. Yes. She was still a good looking woman. Like yes. She was an attractive person. You just weren't attracted to her. Exactly. There we go. That's what I was sort of hoping to get out for the ladies out there. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that happened, and so again, it wasn't that she was unattractive. unattractive. It's just that it was you, that I felt lied expectations. to. Expectations. Yes. That there's a difference of. And then yeah. and so then in my mind I started thinking, well, why would she lie in that way? And the only answer that I could come up with for myself was that she was insecure about the she was way she looked. With herself. And yeah. then I, because I had that thought, I started noticing insecurity in mm. other aspects of her personality, and that became difficult for me to let go of. All right. And you know, insecurity isn't the most attractive thing to me. Yeah. Um, so here we are again, Ben. So you have anything set up? I've got no. I mean, I've talking to a couple people on swiping through the interwebs. Right. Yeah, so I'm doing a lot of swiping, doing a little bit of chatting here and there. I think I'm taking a break. I did sign up for Tinder this morning, but it's because, in a nerdy way, the New York Times sort of told me to. I was reading the New York Times this morning, and there was an article about Tinder, and I was like, oh, and I was bored, so I signed up for Tinder. But I think I'm going to take a break unless something falls in my lap. Last week, I got flirted, but flirted with a little bit, and it made me feel really good. And you it happened from naturally. Being like I am not dating for a month to like that <laughs> night being like. Ben, this guy flirted this guy, with me. No, I was, like, I, I was like, did this guy flirt with me? I had to take a screenshot and be like, is this email a flirt? Because I don't know. I can't tell in real life. So if, if that happens in real life, if I get flirted with by somebody that, I, that I'm curious about... Then I will date. I don't, I I don't like actually gonna, believe that you're not going to date for a I month. might not. I'm just, I'm just tired of breaking things off with people and like spending the time to get to know them. And then like it just, uh, you know, and it's, it feels like work. I mean, it's just as hard sometimes to be the one who ends it and, you know. Oh, of course. No, no, it's not that the whole it process. And it's because we have this show, too, that like that we have, you know, I'm just psychoanalyzing everything a lot more. So we'll see. Am I, we'll see. Am I going to get like a nasty text message? Possibly. Now? Possibly. <sighs> We'll be, oh, we'll yes, be our guests are nodding, nodding their heads. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, now and glasses are dropping. It's a mess in here. I think we should take a break. Let's do that. Let's take a break and and drink some more and come back. Okay, we're gonna minutes. have a word from our sponsor really quickly, and then we will be back with Kimberly Chow and Amanda Dell. Stay tuned. just your garden it's the way you live and there's so much to know but you have help bonnie plants now with bonnie's app homegrown you can learn about veggie and herb varieties track and record your garden with photos and notes share on facebook and twitter and so much more how'd you ever grow without it get homegrown with bonnie plants for iphone and android the more you know the better you can grow with bonnie 
All right, we're back, and we're going to try it again at this radio thing. So we've got Kimberly Chow and Amanda Dell in the studio with us. They are the directors of the Food Book Fair, a festival dubbed the Coachella of Writing About Food by LA Weekly and Food Geek Heaven by KCRW. It's returning May 1st and May 2nd for the fifth annual year at the Wythe Hotel. Kim is a journalist turned all-over professional food person, and she's in a relationship. Amanda has been always been an all-over professional food person, and she's currently single. Together, their fair covers obviously books, but also workshops titled Food is Fashion, Recipe Testing and Development, and Beyond Service Included, A Food and Labor Gathering. Check out the full schedule at www.foodbookfair.com. Welcome to Love Bites, ladies. Hey. So you guys are going to be covered on a couple other heritage shows, so we don't have to cover the book fair as much as we're going to cover you guys we're as get part deep. of <laughs> the food book fair. So what does generally being a woman in food media, how does that affect your current dating status right now in the greatest way? Amanda, do you want to go first? Sure. Thanks, Kim. Um, just want to say thank you so much to Jacqueline and Ben for having us. And thanks oh. to Heritage Radio. We're so excited to be here. Um, I think the hardest part is maybe not being able to turn off that idea that I always feel like I need to be up on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, do I know who? what restaurants are opening? Do I know who's writing do about guys, what? You care, are you, you're dating care? Is that like, you know, something that turns them on? That if you're like, oh, I don't know about that person. They're like, oh, well, then we're done here. Um, well, it's maybe more about what turns me off. Mm. Um, as opposed to what turns them on. Um, I, I think that... Yeah, I, I guess I feel like I do a lot of reading and research and reaching out and communicating with people. So that makes me feel a little tired of trying to do that in my dating life. That makes complete sense to me. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, I think it's it for me. I think it is important that a person that I'm with have some sort of knowledge of that area. I'll leave it at that. What about you, Kim? I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I'm in a, a healthy, happy relationship now. Woo! Um, woo! Woot! Woo! We've got a unicorn in here. <laughs> this rarely um, happens on this Shout show. out to CR. <laughs> yeah. If you're out there, hopefully not listening to this. Shout out. Um, but I was just thinking of, uh, you know, being a single person in New York and, and having dated a lot of people, a lot of different people in a lot of scenarios or just been in scenarios where I'm like, could something happen here? And I remember um, someone I'd had like a faint crush on food was not an interest. Mm. going anywhere for dinner after like hanging out or like being with a group of friends and then figuring out what to eat like that conversation didn't go anywhere did that bust things up for you did it make it it just it just didn't end up going it didn't make him unattractive i was just like oh but then what do we talk about oh no (laughs) something like that so what not that i i only talk about food and you know my partner um we met when I was an, an art reporter, and he works in the art world, and we don't only talk about art, and we have other interests, but, you know, um, 
Uh, what was the original question? So being in food media. Well, no, I'm going to skip to a different oh, okay, question great. for you now let's, since we do have the going. unicorn in the room. <laughs> um, what is the hardest thing that you're struggling with in your relationship right now? You guys live together. Like, we do so live together. For those of in, us uh, who need to not be, and the jealous isn't the right word, but for those of us who need to feel you know, a little bit like, well, at least I don't have to deal with that shit right now. <laughs> what shit are you dealing with being I mean, in a relationship? I, I mean, I think in, in every relationship, the most important thing is communication, even when you are great communicators um especially if you and 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 that just means like being on top of it especially if you share a small space um and you know some sometimes both of us work from home and when you live in 350 square feet it's like okay i'm gonna go take this phone call on the fire escape Mm. um and just you know uh making sure that you voice how you're feeling. Um, Does that come easy to you? That does come I think very easy to me but sometimes I think what Amanda says like our job involves going back and forth with people so much, talking to other people, talking up other people, trying to make other people happy and um, I feel like in in work I'm, I'm fairly upfront about stuff and I think I am in my personal life as well but sometimes especially if your your work as the kind we do is it's during the week during the work week but it also takes up evenings it takes up weekends it's very social there's like a lot of professional socializing so it's sort of how to turn off that part of it um does your partner ever get jealous of all this like socializing you do and wonder if there's other like men in the food world out there or is he included in the socializing? How does that work? He, I mean, he's included in the socializing. I don't know. Uh, I think you guys are both... Uh, we're, we're actually spinning this in a positive way, but the quest, original yeah. question. Right. But I think you guys... One thing that I aspire to that I see in your relationship is you guys are very independent, I think. You prioritize being with each other, mm-hmm. but also you have, your, you have a lot of independence. And I think that mm-hmm. that's really something that would be important to me in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, we each do our own thing. Um, And, like, if he has, uh, like, an event he's going to or he's, like, hanging out with his friends and I want to do my own thing and hang out with my friends, sometimes we overlap and we have uh, friends in common and we have an easy time hanging out with the people we have in common or each other's friends. But we, I think it is a priority to keep your own life as well, just for yourself. I have a question that came to mind when you're just even talking about being you know you're in careers where you have to be pretty uh Mm -hmm. quick to the uptake with communication with people you're Mm -hmm. balancing you're organizing a lot of uh vendors coming and writers and media people you've got Mm -hmm. these panels ben as an actor you've got to sort of present a level of confidence and competency as far as like booking gigs and showing up i feel like i'm always on email and i feel like we're all probably four of us pretty forward people in work that Mm -hmm. we're not afraid or timid about communication, but I so quickly last week got like nervous all of a sudden when I was like, "Is this guy flirting with me?" Who I'm writing about? I want to hear like, more about this. So, well, oh, <laughs> you know, oh so my, I know this. So I know this my back question and forth. is so yeah. So my question flirting is, like, with do you guys feel which I've never like which I just I don't I'm, I don't know real life flirting. So do you guys feel vulnerability or um, timidness in personal communication where you would feel sort of bold and forward? In prof- this is a this is a roundtable question I'm asking to everybody because I just I didn't realize that about myself until all of a sudden like the emails went from being work related to like I was like wait Smiley does this guy face like me? I can't tell. I mean I think it's always more vulnerable when you're putting yourself on the line as opposed to something that has to do with work I mean that would be 
my answer is that, yeah, of course, when I'm putting myself out there to be judged mm-hmm. and to be, do you want me or not, it's different than, you know, do you think I'm right for this part? Gotcha. Which, it's funny, because I feel like you'd be just in, as vulnerable as an actor in that position, because people are constantly judging you, basically. Yeah, yeah you need to learn to have, but you know, develop a thick skin it's a professional thick that. skin. Yeah. How about you, ladies? What about you, ladies? I hate it. I feel like I... I there's almost no one that I f- would feel nervous about reaching out to in a work capacity bolstered by this event that we've been working on for the past year. Like we've reached out to a lot of big people. Hey, one person that we want to come to our event that I really want to reach out to is Questlove. If you're hey, if anyone yeah. knows Questlove, let us know and write in because he has a food book and Questlove, we'd love for you to be with us at Food Book Fair. So you're so not intimidated but like to if, talk if to it was like If someone gave us... But if Questlove started flirting with you... <laughs> Quest.love at AOL.com. Yeah, hey, hey shout us. Well, uh, this ties into something that you yeah. mentioned before we came on the air, actually, which is this idea that maybe you have that women aren't supposed to be the ones who are doing the chasing. This is and a huge thing in relational think, situations yeah, between straight comes, women and straight men. Yes, right. So, talk about that a little bit. Um, sure, I, guess, I disagree, but I'll let him. Yeah, I guess drawing on, like what I was saying is that yes, I, it's a total shift. There's almost no one that I wouldn't feel comfortable at least sending an email or even talking to in person. Just behind the fact that I'm saying like, hey. I'm the direct, I'm one of the directors of Food Book Fair. We're doing this amazing event. But you We'd won't message it. a guy first for a date. There there is it's just a total shift that I think goes back to this idea of really getting in your head as a woman and being like, is there something to this idea that men really prefer and want to do the chasing? And by arranging it in any other way only is not going to lead to the result that you want. What do you think about that, Ben? Yes. I mean, I think that uh, on a subconscious or unconscious level, everyone wants to be the one who's doing the chasing, man and woman. Both People want things that, at least on some level, they feel like they, you know, have to earn. Um, and I think on some level, especially in the beginning stages of a relationship, people want to be the ones who are like, yes, I got that thing that I couldn't have right. had. Um, so I think that's a man or woman thing. In my experience, yeah, I, I like to be the one who's chasing, but in that, that said, sometimes I do like it when I feel like I, when I back off a little bit, and I'm like, ah, shit, they're not chasing me back, and then they do, I'm like, yes! Like they're, so, you're, so you're like the old school game of cat and mouse, is what you're saying, basically. I mean, like I You think get some sort of thrill out of that. I do get some thrill out of it, but I also think that it's like a very natural... And like I think that to some degree, I don't know. You and I've talked about differing about this though. Like, because if if a guy like waits like a day or two to text me back about something because of that game, I get bored and dismissive. Well, I'm not saying about it being a game as much as I am just like. Well, you sort of are. If you're you sort of are though. If you're saying that like. Oh, if they haven't been, you know, messaging back and then all of a sudden they are, that, like, you find that attractive. That is sort of like, you know, it's like an absence makes the heart grow fonder kind of yeah. thing. But that's not a game. I mean, that's just... What is that? Playing hard to get? Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like, yeah. Playing hard to get. It's yeah. part of, you know, whether it's intentional or not. But um, I think the problem for women, though, is that, like, you know, for Amanda, like, the problem is, though, if everybody likes to be the instigator, 
but traditionally women are not supposed to be and I'm putting air quotes around the word supposed to mm. be you know so it's like so guys can still be the ones traditionally to be more of the pursuers and so in an online especially an online dating scenario I feel like it sort of leaves women with the bigger question of like do guys like when women I approach mean, them first or not to be less psychological about it I will just say I've had positive experiences dating in both scenarios where I've been the one who was the initiator and where the woman has been the one who's the initiator. And I don't think as far as the first initial contact, it makes that big of a difference. So Amanda, is it because you're nervous about what a guy would think about you messaging or because you're nervous about sending the actual message itself? I think this actually, this situation has a little bit less to do with online dating where it's kind of like, okay, most of online dating is set up that you both have to match to like that they've selected you and you've selected them in some sense so in that way that feels actually safer to like work is there somebody in the work in in hospitality that you're curious irl um do you want to give somebody a code name in case they're listening there isn't like you know there isn't really anyone specific um right now that i can think of um but well, there's one. There's one person that. There we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one person that you it, like. I dated someone years ago, and I just like recently ran into him, and I just think we were like a weird, difficult. I, whatever. This is an excuse. Who knows? Maybe he just wasn't that into me as that phrase. So I love. That's like sometimes my mantra. I'm just like okay. But whatever. Nothing ended up happening. Um, but I just like recently ran into him and there was still always something like about him that intrigued me. So what's stopping you from getting back in touch? Right. So it's like basically, right. So you have each other's right. So it's basically like we ran into each other. He, he has my card and he has my old phone, my same phone number. So my psyche goes to like, well, why why if he's if interested, he's interested he would have reached out to me. I'm going to jump in here. Do it. Um <laughs> so that the thing is my my feeling that is and I I I feel the same as Ben. I've been in relational situations where uh I was the first one to reach out or the other person was um both in in those kinds of situations both successful also some that you know totally bombed as some things totally bomb. Um, my thinking would be like, if I want to see this person, I'm just going to get in touch with them because that makes that chance of seeing them or making out or whatever, taking the time, the air out of the situation, just like taking the question mark away. It makes it like, it was like, Oh, you know, I would like to have a drink with this person. I'm going to wait till they call me. If you want to have a drink with that person, you want to have it to happen tonight. Call them. I agree. And I think that. But I've also done this, and and it turns out they weren't interested. Right. But I also but found out they weren't interested. Right. You know? the, the, the fact that you called them didn't change whether or not they were they interested. They weren't like, oh, man, these societal norms and this woman calling me <laughs> is really <laughs> freaking me out. Or maybe they were I that mean, if, way. But, and the fact is, too, that like maybe the fact that you heard from him is a sign that he's not that interested. But maybe if you reach out, he'll be like, oh, shit, yeah, okay, I could be interested in that. Also, sometimes people are just busy. There's, there's two episodes And I know the people that show. say... You know, you're never too busy to call or whatever, right. but 
Uh, There's two episodes of the show that I want to put in my back pocket and I want to put it in your back pocket. One, I think it was Kat Kinsman when we had the talk about assume everything was flirting. I think it was that episode with Kat where we decided at the end, which I reminded myself of a couple days ago. I'm like, assume everything is flirting because if it's not flirting, you'll find out. And if it is, you're going to play into it. But just like as far as meeting people in real life, assume it's flirting. So that was one. And then the other was with um, pastry chef Paulette, who was on this season where she's just so ballsy and badass. She's like, I don't care. I'll I'll talk to anybody. I'll go up and ask the question that's on my mind because what do I have to lose? We're just, Mm -hmm. we're just human beings. Mm -hmm. So for both of us, Amanda, Mm -hmm. I think that we should, you know, let our ovaries sing and make first moves. And you should maybe just, just rekindle this old flame because you'll find out sooner if he's not interested than you will if you wait, right? Totally. You're not looking convinced. I, our egos because are so I fragile. Have a feeling That's why. You know? so, <laughs> we're insecure. Yeah, like you quoted an earlier part of this I, episode. Yeah. But you've yeah. got this bubble of love supporting you now. We're going to sit here until you Who's text Who's my him. bubble? You guys? We oh, are. Great. We're okay. offering ourselves as your <laughs> bubble... You know, or your your pillow, or your your soft mattress. That if it doesn't go well, we'll be here when you fall. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right, we'll see what happens. Can you tell us more about the source that's flirting with you by email? No, Uh, because it's somebody I still have to write. Okay, take your reporter hat off. My reporter hat is. I know. All I'll say is that even if it was a glimmering thing for one day, it helped the whole. It was the same day that I broke off with the guy who I've been dating, and it made me feel good. So if that's all it was. Then I'm happy that it happened. Um, yeah. So there's that. What I think our listeners should just send flirts to you at lovebitesradio at gmail.com. Just like tell Jacqueline how like cute and smart and you know interesting she is. So she feels good all the time. Oh, well, and for you too, Benny. I think people should just flirt with each other more, right? I, everybody, I agree. Everybody who's listening, just go flirt with somebody today. Bring love to the world, right? I yeah. think it makes everyone I think feel I've drank better. more wine than everybody else because I'm like doing a rallying Les Mis sort of cry here. I had like half a sip of wine and then like my glass got like thrown across the room when I got nervous about the discussion that I had. Les Mis is, is what my is the phrase my friend Jen, who is the biggest hopeless romantic and is getting married on Saturday. Woo! So mazel tov to her. She always calls like when we were always like sad about guys, she always calls that Les Mis. She'd always be I like, love oh, it. we're so Les Mis. Oh, I'm I love like, it. Jen, who are it. you? Les Mis is really good. <laughs> So is compare and despair. Compare and despair. A shout out to a phrase my sister has used. Well, um, we're going to have to get going in a minute. So since we've got, we have not talked about books and food, Uh but that's okay because people can hear you other places and at the foodbookfair.com. But since we've got food book people on, what is your either favorite book right now about food or your all time favorite food book? You want to go first? Amanda. Do you want me to go first? You go first. Um, this is a food, food, love, uh, and breakups book, Heartburn oh. by Nora Ephron. <gasps> I've not read Heartburn. You should read it. I, sh- I You should really should read it for the show. It. And she has a great recipe for vinaigrette. Aww. In the book? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's going on my list right now. I'm going to download it before I leave here. All right. Miss Amanda. Um, my, one of my favorite books of all time, and... I know Kim's a fan of it too. Is uh, called Heat, Heat by Bill Buford, and it sounds sexy, and it is a little bit. Um, it's w- definitely one of my favorite books of all time. It's about food, it's about New York, it's about Italy. It fe- like features a cast of amazing people, including Mario Batali and other 
New York City notables uh, and the food scene, and it is so good. And it has one of the best quotes applicable, I think, to the show. I'll give it to you, Lydia Bastianich. I love her. Comparing food and love and lust, what else do you put in somebody's body? Exactly. That's how. That's how Lydia breaks down how sexual food is. Yeah. Or oh. intimate, if you want to be exactly. interesting. Yes. Ooh la la. I like yes. that. Great quote. I like yes. that. I might be misquoting it, no, but I think you can look it up. What else do you think? I think it's pretty accurate. All right. What about you, Ben? You'll read the book. And I, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not as right deeply now. entwined in the industry as you three ladies. Right. Um, but I, so mine, I don't really know food books, but I've got a food moment okay. from, uh, I'm going to, I'm leaving here, I'm running out of here to do an audition for Shakespeare. A Shakespeare play, and there's a great food moment in one of Shakespeare's plays, which is much darker than the things we've been talking about, but it's, it ties into this quote you're talking about, about putting into your body, where in Titus Andronicus, he slays the sons of the queen and bakes them into a pie All right. mm-hmm. and oh. makes her Taste. eat the pie Tasty. with her sons yeah. in it. I love how, oh, thank you for bringing some darkness and death to this topic, Ben. That's what I'm here for. That's what you're so, all right. So tasty. Titus Andronicus. We'll add that one to the list. Um, I mine was a ta- I would my favorite food memoir book of all time is Gabrielle Hamilton's Blood Bones and Butter. Mm. Um, I'm not intimidated by the chefs who I interview, but I started reading the. I have interviewed her a couple times, and the first time I was going to interview her, I picked it up like three days before, and then I became intimidated by her as a writer. <laughs> like I wasn't intimidated by her as a chef, but I started reading it, and I was like, shit, she's a better writer than I will ever be. So that's my favorite uh, food memoir. But but romantically, she she's great. That book's great. It's amazing. She's working on another one now. I'm very excited. Wow. But um, but my favorite sort of like food love book, I think, would have to be like Julia Child's My Life in France, which is basically the movie Julie and Julia without the Julie part, which right. is the best movie ever if you just watch the Julia Child parts. <laughs> Um, but my life in France was basically about her marriage and, you know, learning about food, but how they traveled from France to Germany and back to the United States. And it's just like, it's the most beautiful love story, um, through food. So that's, yeah, that's definitely, I think my two. Well, ladies, thank you so much for thank you. coming Thanks on so and spilling us. your hearts and souls and guts for us. Amanda, text him. <laughs> right now. We're, we're going we're gonna, to... Right now. Yeah, right now. We're, we're going to stay here till you do it. Yeah, we're not going to let her off the hook. And um, if neither of us have dating things to report back next week, I we know. might have to report back We need back to live vicariously yours. through you. Yeah, we might be bit. sort of asking you. So what's yeah. going on, Amanda? I don't think it's going to end well, but we'll see. Oh, no, you have to have positive. Well, I was going to say you have to think positively, but that doesn't Life sucks. Let's yeah. be all know it. All right. Well, then, <laughs> oh, on no, that not note, at all. Life sucks and everything ends. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is, our, that is our super weird show for today. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on. Um, everybody go to the Food Book Fair May 1st and 2nd. It's coming up. Uh, hit foodbookfair.com for more on that. That's our show. Come back next week as our final show of the season. And we've got Sherry Barrier on. She's the host of Heritage's All in the Industry show she just finished her hundredth episode and we think dating in our 30s is hard sherry has told us that dating in your 40s as a woman in new york city is even harder it's gotta be tough yeah so we're gonna talk about what it's like to age um into your 40s as a single woman in new york city and she's gonna help broaden our um, understanding of that here so tune back in for that um until then thanks to our engineer david of course our theme song is you better you bet covered by robbie gill and we are jack Winterpozo and ben rosenblatt we'll be back at the same time next week here at heritage radio network.org later
for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.